So I don't know about you, but reading that passage, imagining myself as one of the disciples, listening to that, I kind of thought, huh? <laughs> what What does that mean? Um, and some people describe this passage as kind of the manifesto of Jesus' kingdom, um, where he kind of describes the foundations and the characteristics of what it is to be that person that lives in the kingdom of God. And over the next few weeks, we're, to- we're looking at the Beatitudes, and tonight we're focusing on that first one, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Um, so let's start by looking at what it means to be poor in spirit. And that might be, um, some people think that means being spiritually poor. Some people would think it to mean being um, poor in wealth or circumstance. But I think it covers both of those. In James 4 verse 6 it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I think in realising our own faults and our own sin, we accept that we need Jesus, that we can't do it on our own. And I guess those who lack wealth might find it quite easy to um, to know that they need, to know that they they need Jesus. They might be more reliant on charity and other people. Whereas maybe a wealthy person may think that they have all they need, whether that be spiritual or financial. But I think that God requires us to have a heart that recognises our need of him. And that kind of attitude invites us into that kingdom that he promises us. A person who's poor in spirit, who knows that the only wealth worth having comes from Jesus, that person inherits the kingdom and that's what this passage promises us. And um, I was reminded of the rich young ruler who um, asked what he needed to do to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he was told that he needed to give everything away. And um, I think this passage, it feels a bit like a riddle, the Sermon on the Mount. But I think it's, um, if we see it as kind of, this is how to live a kingdom life. It's that, we've heard that phrase, an upside down kingdom, where the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Where we live the way Jesus lived and we value what he values, not what the world values. And that's not to say it won't be hard and it won't be easy. And Jesus knew what it was to mourn, to be persecuted, to be hurt by people. And he promises that we'll be comforted, that we'll see God, that we'll be called his children. And it's kind of a message of hope for the hopeless and the lowly. And I find that really encouraging because I don't always feel up there. And I often feel hopeless and lowly. And so this is our this is our message from him to us. And you know, we see those glimpses of the upside down kingdom throughout the Bible. In the little boy who had a small packed lunch that ended up feeding thousands of people. In the woman who poured out her prized possession over Jesus' feet and then he blessed her publicly. in the man hanging next to Jesus on the cross who knew he was the Messiah. 
in the unclean woman who knew she only had to touch Jesus' garment and she could be healed. Those people are poor in spirit because they know that their only hope is Jesus. So whether you're poor in spirit or wealth, God blesses those who are totally reliant on him. And I think it's no surprise that as soon as Jesus comes down from the mountainside, the first conversations he has are with a man with leprosy who says, if you're willing, Lord, you can make me clean. And the centurion who says to Jesus, just say the word. And those people received God's blessings because they knew that he was the only one that could give them the answer. They're lacking, but they're totally surrendered. And following that, I think Christians, we need to be inspiring each other to serve the poor. To befriend them, to live amongst them, to even be like them. Didn't Jesus say, for what you did for the least of these, you did for me? The impoverished girl in Africa sings a song of thanks for her shoes because she knows that's God's blessing for her life. The homeless man sharing his little earnings of the day and sharing it with his friends. The single mum who gives her ration food to her kids and goes without. I think those are attitudes that Jesus loves. They're starting to look like him. Because in their desperation, they act out the very nature of God himself. Blessed are the poor because they look like Jesus. Blessed are the poor because their hearts are generous. Blessed are the poor because their eyes can see. Blessed are the poor because they're also poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit because they know they need Jesus. And I'm sure we've all been in situations in this world where um, people push themselves forward, people are trying to get to the top, people are trying to impress, getting people to notice you. Human culture can be all about survival of the fittest, competition, jealousy, a race to get to the best, that kind of pick-me, pick-me attitude. And I was reading this week in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 5, Paul says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And that attitude is so opposite to what the world offers. And I know I've been in a place where I've come to church and I've expected that human wisdom to keep me going for the rest of the week, or I go to New Wine and I get my fill, and and then I go away and I perhaps don't read my Bible every day, or I don't... Um, sit in my bedroom with my hands outstretched asking God to be there with me that day and I just try and make it on my own but that isn't an attitude 
of I need Jesus. That's an attitude of I can make it, I'll, I'll use you if I need to. But Paul, in that passage, he was poor in spirit because he wasn't boasting in himself or his gift. He was boasting in Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Boasting in God and not ourselves. He boasts in his weakness as a preacher. And as I was writing this talk, I was really challenged that there are areas of my life that I really need Jesus to come and heal. James 1 verse 22 to 27 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And I think humility and looking after the poor come hand in hand. If you want to live a life that's humble and pleasing to God, look after the poor. And don't just assume that that's, spirit, that that's poverty in kind of um, financial terms. That's any kind of poverty, any lacking where Jesus can come in and save. Having that ear open to God's voice, not just to enjoy it and feel satisfied by it, but to hear what his heart says and do something about it. A friend of mine was once described as um, somebody that loves Jesus and gets up and does something about it. That is something I would love to be described as. But actually, by wearing that badge, you're almost stepping into that um, pick-me attitude. And actually, what God sees, that's the only thing that matters. Let's look after the poor in spirit, the poor in wealth, the poor in family, the poor in friends. And let's keep ourselves accountable to each other so that we don't stumble. I'm fortunate enough to have friends that I can rant with and say when I'm struggling and um, kind of be accountable. And I'll say when I'm feeling jealous, I'll say when I'm feeling lonely and I'd encourage you to find those people in your life that you can be accountable to and you can have those low moments with and um, be poor in spirit with. Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 20 makes it really clear what kind of life we should be living. It says, Live a life of love. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and our God. Live as children of light. Find out what pleases the Lord, making the most of every opportunity. 
Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. This is what it means to live in the kingdom of God, living a life of love, being a child of the light, being filled with the Holy Spirit, but living and acting in a way that is holy and pleasing to God. On Friday, I was having a really tough day. Um, Hosea wouldn't sleep from 6 in the morning till 1pm in the afternoon and I spent most of the day pushing him around in the pram getting frustrated, feeling cross, praying wondering why God wasn't answering my prayer um, feeling lonely I went to Love Western Cafe and sat there for a good hour before anyone spoke to me (laughs) I could have gone and spoken to somebody but when you're in that place it's just... um, really really hard and I just became more and more aware of my failures of how much I needed God all I could think of was things I needed to change in my life and how far away I was from being holy and pure and yet God blesses the person who is poor in spirit because only God can calm a raging storm with just one word Only God can quell fear and replace it with peace. Only he can reveal the truth in the fog. And I prayed on Friday, God, I need you. And a short while after that, somebody came up to me at Love Western and um, started to chat to me. And you could see that I wasn't okay and just injected that bit of encouragement and wisdom. And I left the cafe feeling less heavy and a little brighter Hosea fell asleep (laughs) and God blessed me with somebody in the right moment to tell me that God had things all in his hands and I think this passage speaks of God's heart for us what he gives to Jesus he gives to us Jesus died on the cross and we get in his inheritance His desire is for us to be comforted, to be made clean, to be filled, to be shown mercy, to see him, to be called his children. Isaiah 61 talks about how we as his anointed should make it our mission to proclaim good news to the poor, the financially poor as well as the spiritually poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, to comfort all who mourn. For they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God uses broken people, God uses hurting people, to bless other broken and hurting people. And the Beatitudes, they talk of God's blessing, and that the poor in spirit will be blessed. And so I just encourage us all to read um, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount over the next few weeks as we go through the Beatitudes Because Jesus starts to explain in his sermon what it is to live a holy life and how we can become more like him. And the riddle becomes clearer. He's really clear about how we should live. I want to be called a people the Lord has blessed. That's what it says in Isaiah 61 verse 9. But we're blessed to be a blessing to other people. So these promises, 
in the Beatitudes, they come with an invitation to match our lifestyle to the lifestyle of Jesus. So, as I finish, we're just going to use two questions as a kind of application, and you can either do this in groups of people around you or just by yourself. And um, if the worship band could come back up and just play in the meantime. But the two questions are these. Who in our lives is poor in spirit, and how can we serve them? You know, when someone inherits a whole bunch of money... They might do something with it. They'll either leave it in the bank or give it away or spend it on something. Are we going to leave our inheritance in the bank or are we going to spend it on people? But in order to do that, we need to be filled up by the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled up by God. And when we're poor in spirit, we need to go to him because he's the only one that can save So the next question is, who is, are we poor in spirit and what do we need from Jesus? And I'd encourage you to make a note of those answers and be accountable to at least one other person in your life, in your world, who you can be asking these questions with over the next few weeks. And um, as I was praying earlier on today, I just felt like um, I had... I had the, just the phrase, it's okay not to be okay. And, um, and I also just had, um, I think it's from a delirious song, fling wide you heavenly gates, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the risen Lord. And um, those gates are flung wide open for us. And um, he calls us to soar on wings like eagles. And so if you feel like you're in a place where you're not okay and you want to be somewhere different, then that's okay for starters, but also get ready because the risen Lord is here, he's amongst us, and he wants to give us those blessings. So I'm just going to pray, and then Pete and the band are going to come up and play some stuff. Father God, I thank you for how you were with me this week. Thank you that I had the courage to say I need you and I pray that we would all have the courage to do that in times when we feel poor in spirit. Thank you for your blessing, Lord. Thank you for your inheritance. Thank you for Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. And Lord, I pray that as you fill us up, that we would be able to um, spread your good news and proclaim what it is you have come to earth to do. Pray that we would be able to share what we have in you. That we would know more of who you are and courageously share it. That we would look after the poor. That we would have your heart and be a community that loves each other and takes people with us to your throne room. In Jesus' name, amen.